What's up, guys, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Now, today we have, uh, we actually have a main topic, which is pretty awesome, because we don't usually uh, tend to do that. Brent's got his drink and some updates to give before we get into that. So, what have you been up to since we last talked, Brent? Okay, bear with me here. Popsicle sticks. And, uh, Popsicle sticks? Look, my hot tip of the day is going to be wood, okay? This is what we're talking about today. I'm hijacking this. I know you had a topic you wanted to talk about. We're going to start in on That's popsicle okay. sticks, how they relate to minis, what you can do with popsicle sticks. We're going to see where we end up. All right. Now, <laughs> this podcast is taking a turn. <laughs> I want to lay out some definitions here. When I say popsicle stick, uh, I'm using that in the broad sense. So any sort of crafting stick. So anything from wooden coffee stirrers up through your traditional popsicle stick, up through your medical tongue depressors. And uh, all kinds of crafting sticks in between. I've been to Michael's. I've been shopping Mm. at various online retailers. And, um, okay, look, I know I sound a little bit crazed, but it's because I am legitimately excited about this topic. This has real bearing and worth for the topic of mini painting, mini collecting, mini photography, and gaming in general. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell us more, Brent. <laughs> oh, thank you, Casey. I'm glad you asked. Uh, okay, so how how to, how to frame this? How to frame this? How to frame this? Mm. So you started. Uh, where did what? You got all sorts of popsicle sticks. Where do you source these popsicle sticks from? Okay, so at first I made a trip to Michael's Craft Store. Michael's Craft now, Store. Michael's yeah, Craft they got a lot store. of popsicle sticks. Yeah, Michael's Craft Store, they have this scheme where everything in the store is horrendously overpriced. Popsicle sticks mm-hmm. are still, like, pretty cheap, to be fair. But, you know, it's a store, everything yeah. is just horrendously overpriced, and you've got to be really on the lookout <clears throat> for proper coupons, you know? Yeah. Pro tip, if you uh, go onto their website right before you go to checkout, you pretty much always get a 40% off coupon for your, your cart or whatever. It's true. It's true. So what you got to do is you got to bring that coupon up on your phone. You show it to the person at the cashier. And, you know, I I feel it's from (laughs) I feel pretty smart because no one else in line is doing this. Right. That's true. I at same. uh, Nobody ever is is doing that. And I'm always like, why aren't aren't you busting out your phone and getting your 40 percent or whatever? Right. It's like you should not be looking bored right now. You need to be on your phone making sure you got uh, a barcode on the screen that your phone isn't going to sleep or anything so that's ready to show to the cashier when the time comes. (laughs) I always take a picture of it and I airdrop that to my wife when we're shopping. (laughs) Yeah. And and I think one of these days I may feel sociable enough to to turn to the person next to me and be like, hey, did you see this? This 35% off your entire purchase uh, here yeah. here on the michaels.com web store. I think I think they're just going to scan this in and just, just give me a third off my purchase price. Be- oh, look, pro, yeah, pro tip, do. don't don't pay full price at Michael's. But, but Michael's is really <laughs> one of the most common craft stores I go to or, or like hobby stores I go to. Like if I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm making a run for hobby supplies... It's either an actual friendly local game store or Michael's most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting or, or because... the hardware store. Yeah, there's actually a lot. Never mind. What am I talking sometimes, about? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
like I, I have a Michaels pretty close to me. Um, and I've featured it on my channel several times, me driving to this Michaels. Um, mm -hmm. and like, I don't know. I always, I always feel way more hopeful when I go in and I usually come out like a little bit disappointed. Like occasionally I'll find something and I'm just like, wow, how did I not know this was here? You know? But for the most part, I just can't, I can't do it yeah, with, with the Michaels. Sometimes you find the right thing, but you know it's overpriced, and I think that's part of it. Yeah, like, that might be cause, it. Because there are some good aisles there. There's, you know, acrylic mm -hmm. paint aisle. They've they've got some legitimately very good paint brushes. Uh, they've got mm -hmm. some legitimately, or at least interesting paints that you can buy. That's one place I know of mm -hmm. to get uh, inks for airbrushing. Um, they got Liquitex there, yeah. Yeah, and... And just if you're like, okay, I need craft sticks, I need popsicle sticks, and maybe they're larger and smaller brothers and sisters, you go to Michael's. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so indeed, I was able to get some, some like 50 packs, you know, not nothing huge, but like some uh, starter packs, let's say, of, starter of crafting packs. sticks. <laughs> crafting sticks. And uh, I don't know, how so. many, how many sticks did you end up with? Not not that many on that trip, to be honest. <laughs> not yeah. that trip, okay. Yeah. And man, I, th I, th I think all I really wanted to say here is that day it was only a twenty percent off everything coupon in the line. Bummer. And like, I mean, yeah. yeah, I'll I'll make sure the cashier scans this, but it, mm -hmm. yeah, it's one of those ones that, like, man, I know if I come back like tomorrow after three or whatever, like busy oh, yeah. time rules they're using, that it'll be way cheaper. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. We're I'm losing focus here. I mean, we can get back yeah, to Michaels, yeah. but I, we're talking about craft sticks. This is the we're we're talking about crafting sticks. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that that coupon thing out there because, like, you know that that's going to save you some percentage pretty quick, mm -hmm. and that does add up, mm -hmm. especially going to Michaels. That that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, you'll have the the like, oh, this coupon is only good if you ordered from home and then came to the store to pick it up, but you just gotta. Gotta be firm. Gotta be firm. That's that's true. They generally have a coupon behind or near their register that just straight up gives you like fifty percent off. Yeah. So if you hound them enough, like they will give in. Or you I know, mean, if I it's mean, like, be, oh, this is nice only off of one them, item. Like, man, I I know you gotta sure, do. Sure. I know you gotta work your system with all these coupons, man. I I know it's silly, but. We both know I'm not walking out of here without a discount, so... Well, the thing... Yeah. Okay, so sometimes you get the... It's 50% off, but only one item. Yeah. And this is like a generic thing that's on their so website, So you go through right? that line 10 times. The, yeah, the big brain move is to go through 10 times. And and by the third time or so, they're just going to give it to you. Right, no, exactly. They'll, you, yeah. you, you let them know, like, look... There is nobody in line right now. After I make this, after you complete this transaction, I'm getting I'm back in line yeah. and I am buying this set of off-brand coffee yes. stirrers, you know? Like, yes, yeah. yes. Exactly. But enough about Michael's hobby and craft stores. Um, <laughs> we, were, we are talking about a very generic and, uh, I you know, almost universal crafting supply, which is small pieces mm -hmm, of wood. Mm -hmm. And yeah. for those of you on YouTube, I'm going to gonna hold up just a few things to, to feast your eyes on. And what I have done is I've just taken a piece of foam board and I've created 
I don't know, like a like a floor, basically. Yeah, wood floor. Yeah, yeah. A, a wood floor. So I've taken tiny little wooden mm-hmm. planks and made them look like a tiny little wooden floor, but actually like a pretty good size little wooden floor here. That's uh, that, nine mean, yeah, inches that's, that's by eighteen. Um, yeah. And so, where all this started and where all this is going is kind of like a either a stage or like a TV set for displaying and photographing minis. So um, this was an idea I saw, I saw uh, I don't know, a year ago or so on the, uh, the DMG Info YouTube channel. So mm-hmm. this is one of the older like terrain crafting YouTube channels. I think like a contemporary of, of Black Magic Craft. They were, they were active around the same time. Um, I think Gareth decided to remove a lot of his older videos, and then he focused on crafting stages for online D&D games. So I'll hold something else up to the video if you're watching at home. But I have uh, the, the DMG Info's designed uh, stage, essentially. So it is a trapezoidal floor a backdrop in the back. So in this case, I have a wooden floor and a foam uh, stone brick backdrop. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that you put your webcam in front of the stage so that the webcam can just see the floor, the backdrop, and any minis and scattered terrain that you put on there. And this way, you can play a game of online Dungeons & Dragons or some other role-playing game and instead of using like a top-down map, it is minis in a little scene from kind of a, like a third-person view, I guess. Maybe a first-person view, maybe. I don't know. It depends on the camera, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it creates a, a scene and a setting for the minis. It puts them in a world. And I thought this was really cool. So I, I saw these videos like a year ago or so. It's kind of at the back mm. of my mind. Someday, someday I'll do this. And the day has come. Right. That's, that's, that's where we are. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty clever, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in the, the world that we are in right now, playing D&D online has certainly become kind of the normal thing to do. You know, and I, I think that even though there are softwares out there that do help us do that, uh, Having an actual like three dimensional thing with a camera over it, however you want to do it, to represent your game, to show that to the players, like just adds that little bit of extra. I like the idea. I think it's pretty cool. Um, and and you're talking about like switchable backgrounds. That's is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. That's so. That is absolutely the design. Um, and so the DMG info. I mean, he has like templates you can buy, and so I went and bought the PDF templates and printed them out. And, uh, yeah, you get kind of this exact, uh, template designed for the pieces of foam board or the pieces of cardboard or whatever, and you build them together into a little stage. Um, but in essence, it is a floor and a backdrop. Um, and you know, they, you designed things so that there could be like modifications or, or you could have like a row of columns in front of the backdrop. So there's various variants, but the sure. general idea of a floor and a backdrop and you put your minis on there and you either run like a live virtual D&D game where you're moving mm-hmm. figures around on this little stage 
Um, or it's actually really cool just for taking fun pictures of your painted minis. Um, I mean, that's certainly a good use for it. I mean, we, we definitely take a lot of pictures. Yeah. So that's, that's not a bad idea. So, yeah. I mean, I know, like, what do you use for backdrops? Um, generally I use macro mats from table war. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've really only ever stuck with like one color. Like it's kind of this like red and black one that works really well for most things that I paint. Yeah. Uh, occasionally I'll do a white one because, you know, it kind of highlights certain things. Um, or I'll just go straight up black. Okay. Which is usually just a, a like a photo booth black tarp thing. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's all I use. I don't use anything crazy. Yeah. So your your macro mat thing, it's it's like a backdrop from an actual photography studio, like back yeah, in like if, in nineteen ninety four when your family went to uh-huh. go get a family picture at the the special place. They had the the backdrops. Yep. Yeah, with yep. your 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 hand yeah, on all the these chin very kind strange of poses. Like now, put your hand very on your knee. Yes. Now put your hand on your mother's knee. Right. Yeah. Cross <laughs> like, your legs. This guy? Uncross your legs. Put your put your foot just here. Like, okay. What school do you go you to? Sure about this? He's a professional. Yeah. Yeah, he's a professional. Um, hey, family pictures are important. You know, the family keepsakes. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, some of these old timey, or they seem like old timey. I think they're just classic and genuinely and useful kind of designs are. for for photography backdrops. And it's, it's pretty much uh, like generated clouds. Right? Yeah, it's, it's almost like like a nebula or I'm trying to describe it. It's like just uh, the, these vague amorphous shapes of. Uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in like the early Photoshop days, like Photoshop 2, there was a name for it. And I don't remember what it is specifically, but it is like generated cloud forms. Okay. But there was a name. I can't remember what it's called, but it's the same thing. Yeah, it's it's not a um, flat color, but it's kind of some variations between, you know, a couple of different yeah. color tones, a little bit of light, a little bit of dark. But for for whatever reason, it, it makes whatever's in the foreground really pop and look good. Mm-hmm. And who knows why? Most of the time it hides the cat hair that's on the backdrop, you know, just that little <laughs> bit of camouflage back yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so yeah, but but you're you're talking three dimensional handcrafted backgrounds. Yeah, in in my case, there's there's not a lot of depth to it. Um, it's so sure. so the one I have uh up sort of on camera right now is foam board, like poster board foam board with the top layer of paper ripped off, and then I used a pen mm-hmm. to trace out a brick pattern, like made the sure. Made the joints between the bricks just by pressing the pen in hard. And depending mm-hmm. on what type of foam board you have or foam poster board, it, it works pretty well. And after I gave it a black base coat, uh actually used Mod Podge for the first time. Ooh, <laughs> which kind? The matte or gloss? It was the matte. Um, and I used the, okay. the black Magic Craft thing. I put in black uh, smart craft paint in there to make a black Mod Podge covering. So both seals go. and protects that foam and primes it black. And then once it's br- black, that's easy to put a couple more colors on, do a dry brush, and then you got, then you got some stone. And yeah. 
Yeah, so so Jeremy is one of our friends, Black Magic Craft. We we talk to him a fair bit, and we're you know always kind of tangential to what he's doing. Normally, we're painting minis, and he's making terrain. And there's a mm-hmm, lot we could mm-hmm. learn from each other, and sometimes we do. But this for me, this was one mm-hmm. of my first times really trying to cross into that world and do some right. terrain crafting, craft a floor and craft a a back wall, a back backdrop. And I liked it. Like, I, I got sucked in. <laughs> All of a sudden, that uh, overpriced army painter foam kit's looking pretty nice. Man, it is. <laughs> it is, I'm telling you. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is an asset. I see where they're coming from. Right. Uh, <laughs> I need to I need to tell you that the foam board I've been using, uh, I got from, like, the trash can at my old work, like, four years ago. <laughs> and it's just been biding yeah. its time. And a couple of the sheets of it, the... Uh, the paper peeled off really nicely, and a couple of sheets of mm-hmm. it, the paper is not peeling off of the foam at all. Uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah this, is, this is another thing you can learn on Black Magic Craft, is that if you are doing crafting with foam board, certain brands of foam boards, like you can peel the paper off real easy and get this foam that's easy to, you know, sculpt rocks and stuff into. And Yeah, yeah. Um, some but brand, some so brands much. do not do that. So I'll use that for some other purposes. <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, it's still useful. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, ballpoint pen to trace out some brickwork, uh, using the trick of a crumpled up tinfoil ball to roll around to make a stone oh, yeah. like texture. Yeah. Get that rock texture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know if you all have, have seen this before, but I mean, one way to make it's a rock a texture tip. in putty or whatever is to take a rock, go outside, you get a rock, yes. press it into your putty, and then you kind of get a rock texture. Um, for some go reason, figure. another way to do that is just to crumple up a ball of tin foil and roll that around. That makes a better rock texture. Super random geometry. Yeah, well, it's a little, It's probably it's more exaggerated, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it might be Makes like sense. scaled better, like the tiny, sharper, pointy bits that sure, dig sure. into the whatever material you're working with. They they just look more true to life at that scale. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. And then actually. it's normally just deep enough that the dry brush does something, you know, that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the plastic kits we go and dry brush, they're not that deep. You know, some of that, that detail is, is pretty surface level. So it makes sense. It's still works on the same principles right it's, it's like catching just the raised details mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and now we get to the popsicle sticks so for popsicle sticks yeah <laughs> yeah so for these floorboards <laughs> i know what the name of this episode is gonna be <laughs> well this was not the intent <laughs> but you let hey you you started this hey brent what have you been up to what are you excited about this i week? did i did i asked you that question yeah. like i asked you 40 other times. <laughs> yeah, and every other time, I did not say popsicle sticks, but you knew this day would that come. That is very true. Days. That is a good point. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the first Couldn't time this is going forever. Out, So, yeah, my bad, right? <laughs> yeah, and this is a, a question to all you viewers out there, listeners. Mm. Why haven't you told me about popsicle sticks before? This is this is awesome. Casey I feel like has a skeptical look. <laughs> no, no, I'm just thinking... Like, I mean, I've done popsicle sticks. Like, I've had popsicle sticks. I've, ha- I've had popsicles with sticks in them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get how they, they're useful. I have definitely made my fair share of uh, 
things out of popsicle sticks. In fact, uh, when I was in ninth grade, I weirdly for a, a group project, I put together an old West looking stage with, uh, I found, I found some like wooden barrels at a dollar store and I made like a floor and I actually made a Warhammer like game on this like nine by nine popsicle stick thing that I did this a long time ago. This is for an English project. Why have you I not got told me about this, Casey? I just remembered okay. it now that you said Follow it. Follow-up question, sticks, you know? did you use any Minwax <laughs> stain on it? Uh, no, I, I don't remember. It was, I think, just watered-down brown paint is what I used. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Okay. Right. It was a long time ago. All right. So, so I've got, uh, you know, like I said, various size craft sticks here, but you cut off the rounded edges if they have rounded edges. Maybe you cut them to like yeah. not all exactly the same lengths, and then you get out your your piece of uh, cardboard or your piece of foam board or whatever. You get out your Elmer's mm -hmm, glue, mm -hmm. PVA, white school glue, and you yeah. just lay down these little planks of wood like planks on a wooden floor. Get them get them like offset a little bit, so there's there's not mm -hmm. like a, a ton of symmetry in there or anything. And I mean, at first it looks fine but but it's like the color yeah. of popsicle sticks it's this just really pale right. wood some of them color are red some of them got green on them you know the the blue ones really stain no. purple really no, no, stains no, no, no. They're, they're not from actually these were never part of food so there's not that dye i mean i think you're doing it wrong then like i'd go buy a, po a pack of popsicles <laughs> enjoy popsicles and okay. then build something okay. just saying yeah, well, while like I was waiting in line at Michael's, you were in the parking lot outside of the supermarket just, <laughs> just housing popsicles. Just going to town popsicles. them down. <laughs> Brain freeze, totally worth it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? That's not going to be a hot tip of the day. It's, the, just, is, is that just your hot tip all, of the day? All the popsicles? I don't think that's a good idea at no. all. I think that's a terrible <laughs> idea. Like, <laughs> I think do it slowly, and then uh, then you can enjoy your your wood floor even more. It's like you yeah. put some effort into it. You yeah. know, you, you got the stains out of it. It's a little more uh, more character. We'll call it. That's true. Yeah. yeah, just suck that popsicle stick until there's no blue dye <laughs> left in it. Yeah, <laughs> you go that route. Then the yeah. wood's all wood rotten. Well, hey, maybe that's a thing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all bloated, and you could do something with that, like swampy floor. You could. Yeah, no, okay. I, I, like I, I think you know, once you got some in stain space, on there, okay. it'd probably be pretty uh -huh. hard to tell. Actually, like you, you might be able true. to get it's, away it's with it soak just up fine. Nicely. Yeah, yeah. I might have to. I mean, especially I have to if you sorted then. them out by color and stuff, and like really right. Redwood. We're using redwood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I would be impressed if anyone actually did that, but I don't. I don't expect. I it. don't think I would be. I would. I would feel a little bit bad, honestly. Like yeah. if if uh, somebody's like, I I did it. I got to the bottom of my four dollar rocket pop bag. It was like thirty popsicles in that bag, like the cheap giant popsicle bag, right? Nice. Like that's yeah. No, pro tip is to buy those double popsicles that you can rip in half. Then you get two popsicle sticks for the same amount of money. That's true. <laughs> that's that's where it's at. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Now let's let's assume you cheated and you bought them from a craft right. store Just or something Michaels, like that. Like yeah. a monster. Let's assume you cheated and you have fresh, clean, like pretty pale wood. Um, sure. At first, yeah. it doesn't look that cool, but wood mm. is a beautiful material, and you put a little bit of mm. of way, uh, what, what stain mm. or 
or yeah, stain. wax mm-hmm. stain or what am I trying to say? Oil. Yeah. Stain or oil yeah, in there. Sure. Then sure. It, like it soaks into the grain and all of a sudden there's, there's contrast and color and, and that grain really yeah. comes out and wood is a beautiful material. So yeah, my, my hardwood floors on my tiny little taverns look like hardwood floors. That's, that's true. I mean, it's probably as close as you can whatever. get. Yeah, right? but, um, whatever you want to call them. But yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I love refinishing furniture. So I took some of the like min-wax stains that I that I had down to the basement and I pulled those out, put them in a little medicine cup and, and brushed them on. And those craft sticks went from just this nasty pale wood to a beautiful hardwood finish. And <laughs> right. uh, like I said, like th- this is where it gets really fun, and this is where if anyone is following me along for this journey, this is what it's all about, is when you take right. wood and you put stain on it for the first time, fun stuff happens. I mean, it's it's like putting contrast that's, that's paint on a mini for the first time. You just want to try yeah. out different colors and like see what happens if mm-hmm. you put a couple mm-hmm. of layers on there. It's like, wow, what's, yeah. what's going on here? Like this. This liquid is yeah. doing all the work for me and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, that that's, it's good stuff. Uh, I'm just trying to think of a, a wood staining thing. I made some shelves. I stained those. It was it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. 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 Um, it was fun. So... I mean, I'm I'm on the verge of just wandering off into like uh, tiny furniture category, and like oh, like now we're getting into like, dollhouse hobby on stuff. its own, right? Yeah, yeah, dollhouse scale. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what is that called? There's actually like a huge brand of that specifically. Oh, for sure. Um, this is this I is a big genre this, of things that we should know more it is, about. It is. It's huge. Yeah, we probably should. And I've I've seen like way more than I ever thought I would. Um. There are some hobby stores that carry that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I don't think Michaels does. Others do. Anyway. I think I've seen like one shelf of of tiny dressers or something there. Sometimes that's that's true. They yeah. have some like weird scale, like like uh, fairy land stuff, mm. which is again a whole other thing. Yeah. Like building like fairy woods in your backyard. Like in cutouts of trees and like under a piece of deck or something, and then you just have these like scenes all around your yard, like little mini living dioramas. Yeah, it's kind of kind of awesome. It is totally it is. To do that. if if Warhammer minis would last outside, somehow we could recast them into like hardy materials that would last. It's an interesting idea, actually. Right. Well, I was thinking about uh, the one character from The Wire. Also, who like works down in the records department and is just always making tiny little dollhouse furniture, like sta- staining up. <laughs> Rewatch The Wire sometime; it'll be worth it. I, I've still not, I've still not seen The Wire. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, that's one of those you know, shows. Moving on. Well, you you should, you should recommend it. I know. I've been. It's so many times it's been recommended. Yeah. Like, like so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So to wrap this up a little bit here, uh, it is possible to make some really cool hardwood floors pretty easily. Uh, it, it's fun. It's rewarding. It is a nice backdrop for kind of admiring your minis in in a different way. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I think making the walls will be 
depends what you want to do for the walls. It might be a little harder if you want to put doors yeah. and windows and, and shelves in there and stuff. But if you just want to make a Popsicle brick wall, it's pretty easy. Make good doors. Yeah, you could, or, or just you know, some paneled wood walls. I'm definitely gonna try that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just wood everywhere. Yeah, it's, everything's made of wood. So <laughs> these people are rich. Yeah. So so you get through this kind of quick, but um. I've been gearing up to try to do a D&D &D podcast with, with a couple of folks. So uh, the 20-Sided yep. Realms is a podcast with uh, Blake and Ed from Life After the Cover Save. Um, it's kind of like an R-rated comedy podcast, but they've we've changed yeah. out a couple of members. Um, and so myself and uh, Raquel from Rock Rex Art are going to be on there as well. And uh, we decided to, to put it down to maybe like a like an easy PG thirteen sort of level, and we have started mm. recording some sessions of of D and D for a D and D comedy podcast. So far, uh, we've had a couple of sessions. It's it's been fun. It's been funny. Uh, this is still probably like a month or two out from launching, um, but I did want to uh, like this show have you know the the audio stream of it. And also have a a option to watch it on YouTube, and instead of just mm. a, a blank screen on YouTube, we we decided not to film our faces because we didn't you know you get easier to edit if you don't have to edit the the faces moving that's around. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That that's very true. Like audio only. Yeah, that's that's this gonna be a lot easier. And with uh, what four five five people, four people. Yeah, four players in the DM. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot to edit to then combine video unless you're you're all in the same place. Yeah, yeah, we're I mean we're doing it on Skype, and so audio yeah. only uh, makes it easier to edit some some awkwardness out there, or whatever. Um, and oh, and yeah. Travis, the DM, has been doing a really great job on the audio edit. So that's a little while's out, but uh, the twenty twenty sided realms. You can listen to their previous seasons now. The kind of uh, refreshed, reborn version will be in a, in a month or two here. Um, mm -hmm. But for that YouTube channel, I want to have something for the eyes to look at. And so that's why <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of collecting some floors and some walls to make uh, little like TV sets or little scenes, little stages to put. Uh, we're going to get some Hero Forge minis. We'll just have like the characters and Hero Forge minis painted up, standing in a couple of different sets, some panning shots, some rotating shots, just just something for the eyes to to look at while while the game's going on. And uh, mm -hmm. I don't know that's that's my my justification for this little little hobby side quest here, getting getting right. the scenery ready. But I don't know this this idea of having set backdrops for taking pictures of your minis. I'm really, I'm really excited about it. It's, you know. Yeah, I can tell. Um, I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, so is the podcast going to be uh, called The 20 Sided? Is it still the same name? Or is I it, think it's is the it same name. Yeah, so they've had... Okay. Um, they had, I want to say like 18 months worth of episodes. Maybe it was even two years worth of episodes. Um, it's, it's quite a bit. Yeah, and I... Yeah. 40 episodes? I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I listened to both seasons and I enjoyed it immensely. Like those guys are very funny and talented. They are funny. Uh, Travis yeah. is a great DM. 
uh, and they were needed to one of the, one of the people need to to step aside for a little while, and so they were rec- recruiting for for a couple extra players, and uh, so yeah, I'm I'm going to give it a Did shot. Get- Raquel's going to give it a shot. We'll uh, we'll see how it goes, but we recorded our first couple episodes. It was fun. I hopefully it'll be good listening. So, something to listen to while you're while you're painting, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Um, what else? Oh, uh, I have written on my notes here that it, uh, on the topic of of mini backgrounds. If you're on Instagram, yeah. check out Arcus Paints. Um, so Marcel or Arcus dot Paints is a talented painter, but a project they did a few months ago is kind of like a, a courtyard for some of the heroes from the Cursed City uh game. Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. so it's it's essentially a floor and then like a U of a courtyard, sort of like two exterior walls and a back exterior wall mm-hmm. and so so again kind of a floor a floor and three walls for displaying and taking pictures of minis and it looks good i mean it's it's more than just yeah. like walls there's it's three-dimensional and there's a lot of cool like uh sort of architecture but it looks good <laughs> and so if you're on if you're on instagram uh Arcus paints there recommendation. Cool. Cool. Nice. Cool. Very nice. So that's, that's basically what you've been up to for the last four weeks. Uh, Three man, I don't even know. I've been, I've been 3d printing. I've been working. <laughs> Whatever. Don't worry about it. Casey. Don't worry about it. Just, I'm just saying, just haven't seen a, a good time video in, in a minute. Uh, I get why, you know, stuck in the, the old, uh, building, building stuff. And I get I get distracted, but wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) That's true. It's a good call. Uh, Yeah, because I I I don't like it when I miss videos. Uh, Although I did, I missed the week before last. So I got I got sick. Even though I was kind of sick when we did that last episode, I actually got like really sick after that. Uh, Luckily, I tested negative for COVID. I'm vaccinated anyway, so I wasn't really expecting it to be, but. It was pretty bad. Like, I actually couldn't taste anything for, like, a week and a half. Um, yeah, I had, like, a horrible infection. They had to, like, give me all this medicine. Yeah, it's all better now, supposedly. Is Seems an fine. ear infection, right? Yeah. Okay. Probably. I don't know if you said the word ear or not, but... I didn't. The I listeners said may have just heard, so. I had a terrible infection. I had a terrible infection. Have. Yeah. Got it from your mom. That's okay. That's no, that's, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Just saying, uh, you know, insert that if I if I forgot ear. That's fine. An it ear was an infection, ear infection, like a like a child. Yeah, I which is weird. Yeah, right. Like, uh, because uh, my doctor was like, when was the last time you even had an ear infection? I'm like, I don't know. When I was like five, I literally don't right. even remember. Right. So it's like it's this fluke of a thing, right? Just happened. Um, and so they were just like, oh, we'll just chalk it up to like swimmers here. Like you got water in there and it, it, something happened. It's like, okay, fine. So I don't know. I was out though. Like I tried to edit video and I was, I fell asleep at my editing desk. Like I was out. So that didn't happen, but, uh, you know, everything's good now. 
So I haven't I haven't done a lot, you know. I I finished a two thousand point army. Other than that, I really didn't do a lot of other popsicle stick stuff. You know. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you know, if you're ever laying in bed and you just you need a change of pace, you can't you know you mm-hmm. can't focus mm-hmm. on editing videos, but maybe you can cut a popsicle cut, cut some popsicle sticks up. Right. Or maybe cut just eat some off. popsicles. Start start by eating the popsicles. I mean. That sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, when it, you're sick. I'm thinking about it. Maybe you get some lemonade popsicles. I don't think those will stain oh, too yeah. bad. Yeah. No, they they don't really. Yeah. It depends though, on, like how like terrible the uh, I guess how cheap the lemonade pops are. You know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Because mm-hmm. you, you can buy like organic lemonade pops that 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 don't have like the uh, yeah the cheaper the they are, the more dye they put know? in there. I think. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you you getting some weird color in there. You end up with some yellow popsicle sticks, um, which you know whatever little yellow undertone for your brown stain. That yeah. By the time fine. you put that that dark walnut stain on there, be fine. Yeah. Be fine. Exactly. Put that cherry so oak on yellow. there, be no problem. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. No, but while I was sick, I I got like weirdly way into uh ten millimeter. Wargaming models. That's good, too. That's real and good. It's like, and I was reading a bunch of stuff about it, and, like, other people were in the kind of same predicament. They're like, you know, I, I, I've been sick. I've been, like, laying in bed, and I'm just like, I want to paint or play it. I want to play a game, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm in bed. It's like, well, I want to play Warhammer. I want to play Kings of War. It's like, well, what if I just took those minis, and I made them even more mini? Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And took all the stuff and, and miniaturized that even. Mm-hmm. So you go from like a, a 25 or a 32 mil, whatever scale we're at these days, I think it's 32, heroic. Sure. Um, down to a 10 millimeter game. And like all of a sudden, like I can fit that in my fanny pack. And that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, partially it was that uh, Scott uh, over on the Miniac channel, Trapped Under Plastic, was painting a um, a forest dragon mini that is ten millimeter. It was a, uh, a vampire model. And it was super cool. And I went and and looked it up, and uh, turns out there are like whole armies of these things that you can buy and print out, three D print out. You can also just buy them. It's like people will print them out that resell. So and they're pretty cheap. Um, I got eBay for like a whole army it was like fifty sixty bucks printed out. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I've been kind of delving into that, thinking about, like, you know, what can I do with this size? Can I can I modify these models to, to not be, like, rank-and-file minis? Can I put them on rounds and do, like, a, a literal miniature version of a war game? Or, like, a skirmish game or something. Something small. Because um, I'd love to just have, like, a little wooden box, right? With all the minis in it and just bust it out with terrain because you can get 10 mil terrain. Mm-hmm. Print that out too. I just, I just want to have like this thing, like, like a game in a tiny box. That's what I want. Dude, you've got a dream. Try. You've, you've got to find yeah, a I way do. to execute on that dream. Yeah. Well, I, and I've, I've solidified this sort of in that I am going to be making a video. I've already printed out a bunch of models and painted some. So like I'm on the track. To like figuring something out. I'm going to come up with a conclusion by the end of the video. Or the end of the time that I have to make the video. That's wonderful. Yeah. So if anybody has any ideas on how to 
I don't know. Is it is it like is it the terrain? Is it the board? Is it like what would be the thing besides the models themselves that need to go in this box? Yeah. To make this like I can pull it out of my pocket, throw down some dice. Okay. So so we were talking about this and I think we take all the lengths and heights and diameters and divide them by mm-hmm. three. So if we're going from 30 so. millimeter height minis to 10 millimeter height minis, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think we need to worry about, you know, uh, volumes and cubing anything and, you know, squares. I think we just, it's just, I think we're just ratio, dividing by right? three. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, if you were going to have, a four by four game like four feet by four feet it becomes sure you know 16 inches by 16 inches yeah it's still a pretty big box to put in your pocket or, or i don't know if you're going to be like well it could be like a foldable little, little terrain mat. Yeah, right yeah or 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 could it be like i've got terrain that that uh maybe there are some corner pieces as it were like mm-hmm. we put corner pieces to to show the corners and then we have terrain and objectives that pull out uh, that you put down in the middle of that, right? So you don't necessarily need a board. Like you can measure that out while you're there, because like you can get tiny little tape measures. That's no big deal. Um, sure. But it's it's how to fit all that in a box, because that's that's what I want to do. Like a lunchbox? Not. I mean, yeah, probably. Like realistically, which which you, then we could do all sorts of stuff. Um, but I don't know. I'm thinking like even. Like when I say fanny pack, like I'm talking fanny hammer, right? Fanny pack warhammer, like, like a long box, right? That that you could put in a fanny pack pouch. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it has to be that, but it's, it just seems like what it has to be. It's a good I thumbnail. I mean, the models are like they're they're so small. Plus, when people right? see you coming like, like with two fanny packs strapped on, they know they know what's <laughs> yeah, happening. Right? <laughs> Ready for war. <laughs> Ready for war. Like, I'm holding up, <laughs> right? I'm holding up, like, 50 skeletons right now, okay? Oh, yeah. This is, like, battle line for most most Age of Sigmar armies. Uh-huh. So you split that up into into the little guys, and, like, I've got some ideas of how to work around, like, getting the other bases, um, and just using the, the kind of War Master system, like, that GW already made for these things, because uh, that is already a game, 10 millimeter sure. War Master. Sure. Um, but like I, I don't know. I don't want to use like a pre-existing thing. I want to make it feel like modern Warhammer in my pocket. So that's kind of my goal. Uh, we'll see if uh, I actually succeed in that. But you know, any any kind of suggestions or advice down in the comments at YouTube.com/slash Paint Bravely the podcast would be truly helpful. Yeah. Um. Cause I, I don't know. There's something about that. It's just. I honestly, I don't know why it's so appealing to me. Um. I've also kind of like, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but you're working on a project or an army and like you injure yourself and you feel like kind of more connected to that project and you kind of have to like finish it because you you like did something to yourself. Like I had that happen too. Like I stabbed the shit out of my finger. Yeah. And there was blood like all over a bunch of the minis and I'm just like, I guess they're mine now. I I thought you were going to say that it came to you while you were in bed with a terrible ear infection, but uh, no, this was knife related. This is knife related. Okay. I did stab myself and, and in my uh I I don't know, I was holding my finger in pain, like <laughs> like like this will be will be mine. <laughs> like we're gonna make this a thing. I want it to be tiny. This felt like cleaning up mold lines, like on a mini. It's and it's like, well, these are so small. Like who cares? <laughs> I don't know. 
like, I don't know why I was cleaning them up, but it's just one of those things. Um, yeah, I painted a few. They're, they're hard to paint, 10 mil models, but you also can, like, take a ton of liberties. Like, I painted some horses with dudes on top, like, armor, and, and threw in some stuff. And then, like, I literally, they kind of look like crap, and I just washed the hell out of them, and they looked really good after. I was like, oh, yeah, that'll do it. Because, like, the black line on that scale is a little bit thicker, and it really defines those models. Especially these ones, they're specifically, like, well done. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I've just been really into that. So, yeah, I don't know. It sounds fun. Roll up the, like, like, if you're on an airplane. It's like, want to place Warhammer on this little, just you know, Just turn the person next to you. Have you heard about yeah, Warhammer? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Have you heard about Warhammer? <laughs> I'm trying to think yeah, what the, like, the think dimensions about, are think about for, the plane for to your Adepticon. tray table there. I, uh, it 11 might, by 17, maybe? Maybe. Like, at the most? Might be close Even enough. Even if it's 8.5 by 11. It's close enough to have a good time. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, you're gonna be Warhammer playing that size is yeah. a carry-on. Yeah. Oryx? Not orcs. Now let me tell you that story. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> the last uh like the last few airplanes I've been on, uh man, like the, the people sitting next to me like really did not want to have anything to do with me or talk or you know. Like there's, I don't know, maybe it's just COVID or whatever. People just don't want to be involved, you know? That makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I've, I've normally like a friendly, but not overly friendly smile. And then I try to fall asleep as quickly as possible. But like, uh, okay, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just there with smile, you. Smile, nod, turn away, fall asleep. That's, that's what I try to do. Yeah. But. But if they don't make don't yeah, make I, eye I, contact, that's fine too. Yeah, that's fine too. Let's see that that well, that's the thing that that yeah. that gets me. It's like sometimes they'll, they'll say, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" You know, they sit down because it's like we're cramped and this is a four and a half hour flight. Like, sure, you know, you're you're gonna bump into yeah the person. Yeah, or I, like I normally you know, don't make it as far as by. where you're going or or whatever. Theoretically, the exact same place you are. Uh, to begin with. To manner. begin with, yeah. <laughs> yes, to begin with. That's yeah. true. Like you're on a direct five-hour flight. Yeah. Where are you going? You know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Fall asleep. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Well, that was awkward. Uh, you want to play uh, Warhammer? <laughs> same place as you, buddy. <laughs> what are you talking about, Warhammer? Oh, it's this game. Let's just pull it out of yeah. my fanny pack here. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. With a with the masks on the plane, can't can't do the like little smile and nod anymore. You can kind of like stare at them and nod, but yeah, just just fall asleep. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, oh Sk- man, skip all so that. Go straight to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good call. All right, so my my ultimate dream with this though, ten mil Warhammer, uh, getting getting the round bases just right, getting the the models like proxies, whatever they are, they you know recognizable enough. Got little tiny cards of all the models and all the War Scrolls. Uh, I want to see like Adepticon 2022 in the middle of a hallway, like old school. We're playing Pokemon on the floor at lunchtime. People throwing down some legit Warhammer. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it would it, it would be amazing. That would be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's what I that's what I want. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to have room in my fanny pack, but we'll see. Well, if you bring a fanny pack, I'll, uh, I'll figure that out. We'll make it, we'll make it work. <laughs> I'll buy you a fanny pack. How about yeah. that? Well, for the, the viewers and listeners, why don't you leave a comment below about whatever uh, crazy quest that you're on and whatever Ooh, silly, yeah, silly idea that like you that. can't get out of your head. and you know. That hobby idea that just doesn't leave you. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I like that. people are like, why are you buying so many popsicle sticks? You'll see. It's a good You'll question. see. Be patient. Yeah. You'll see. <laughs> I'm making a uh, wood floor. <laughs> it's going to take a minute. It takes a little yeah. while, but it's good. Um, now, speaking of uh, little hobby in uh, injuries that, that make us more connected to our projects, we were supposed to record mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. podcast last night, but I, I messaged you, Casey. I'm That's like, true. I have the most ridiculous crick in my neck because I've spent the last couple of days <laughs> just staring down at my desk, and now I can't raise my head, and I'm going to sleep now. <laughs> yep, and I had to casually be like, that makes sense, Brent. And no, I'll I, see I you get tomorrow. it. I get it. Well, you can tell me about the popsicle sticks tomorrow. I guess. Like, I... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the direct reason because popsicle sticks. I'm like, all right, that'll do. <laughs> like, that's fine. Sure <laughs> There'll be some reason, explaining but... on this podcast. Yeah, that was a good, good explanation. I, I, uh, I could see that. I see, I like bent over, like trying to get just the right. Did you put the the little like uh, uh, the nail? rivet like the divots in the end no, of the boards no i didn't they you actually didn't look do that fine without that although i'm sure you I could bet they look fine yeah, get yeah. in all and uh, put the little divots in yeah uh-huh well, it's like a uh i didn't but i've I done it before i you, yeah. yeah you could uh, you get another crick in your neck never record another podcast again <laughs> i mean actually i'm thinking about it my my posture right now is not that much different. I'm not really like looking up into the right, camera, it's not, but no. <laughs> any, it's just, any it's movement was causing me extreme pain last night. And actually all day <laughs> yesterday, I was like, my neck was in pain. And for some reason, the most comfortable thing to do was to not move it at all and just keep gluing down popsicle sticks. Like keep it, just keep it perfectly immobile <laughs> as I was gluing popsicle you were just, sticks. Um, yeah. You're just in the zone. Which, which wasn't making it better, but I don't yeah. think it was making it that much worse. Like, it did. Uh, it's like walking it off, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we we get all kinds of weird little injuries and aches as we get older, but uh, yeah, that's true. Walk it off. That is, I mean, that's very true. Yeah, like I don't know, sitting uh, sitting in a chair for an extended period of time, and just one of your ass cheeks goes numb for no reason. Like that's just a thing when you're when you're in your thirties. Just that's that's what happens. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, nothing, nothing for it. Stand up, do something. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, and stabbing yourself with a the hobby knife—that's that's pretty much a given. Like when you're in this hobby, like, you'll just do that. Uh, luckily, like this last one was like it, it seemed kind of not great at first, because uh, I definitely like fully pushed through, like opened the horse legs into my finger. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Uh, and like the, the width, because I stabbed it straight in, right. And it was a brand new exacto blade. So like, think about the, as the, the exacto blade gets wider, like, uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's like, uh, I don't know, an eighth of an inch wide. So like, I mean, it goes pretty sharp at the tip. So, I mean, that's, that's, it's pretty far up the, the blade there. It didn't quite, I don't think it hit any bone or anything, but it definitely, 
right in the tip of my pointer finger. Just right in there. Yeah. That's happened probably like 30 times in my whole life. So it's good stuff. Um, what other, what are other injuries, things have you experienced in this hobby in particular? I mean, I've definitely cut my hands before. And that's always funny when sure. it shows up on a video, like people like timestamp it. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. At minute, at five minutes, 14 seconds, he, no bandaid at five minutes, 15 seconds. <laughs> There's a band-aid. What happened, Brent? Are yes. you okay? Like, <laughs> exactly. What happened? Yeah. Oh, man. I've, I've stabbed myself multiple times with an airbrush needle, thinking that there was a cover on the end oh, that I'm yeah. trying to backflow. Yeah. So it's like literally hold the hand up and go stab, you know, just stab it right in to whatever. And that's happened plenty of times. Like, you can see it on, the, on camera easily. Yeah. So, so airbrushes some of them the needle really sticks out pretty far from the nozzle and you can definitely hurt yeah. yourself some of them are have like a little guard there so it's easier to mm-hmm. put a finger on it and do the black back flow thing to try to to mix things up or whatever um mm-hmm. what i'd actually do is i take a little scrap of toilet paper and just wad it up and use that yeah. to block the the yeah that is the uh proper way to do that it, sure um Generally, I uh, like if if I've been working for a while, I have like a paper towel that I use to clean off the needle or do whatever, and that ends up getting pretty wet. So that's what I use to do that with, and it works fine. Same thing, same principle. Um, Badger has like a little rubber tip that goes over that you can do that with pretty easily. That just protects the needle. You don't have to worry about it touching anything. Um, it's also how you store it generally, but. A lot of brands do have a cover, which is pretty annoying. Like, I, I used to appreciate the fact that, that my airbrushes had covers. But the more I used an airbrush, and the more it was like, well, I got to keep the tip clean, right? It's number one rule. Keep the tip clean. Uh, you can't get to it with a cover on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless you have one of those, like, split covers that just is literally to prevent you from stabbing yourself or breaking the needle... Like you have to remove the little tiny cover and then clean it. And that's like every five seconds. So inevitably that cover comes off and you just end up stabbing yourself in the hand. So, uh, yeah. Not as bad as an X-Acto blade. Not as bad, actually. No, not nearly as bad. Still blood, but not as much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. You know, okay. I had a a really good one once. I, in fact, back in the day doing those goblins, when we both did the the ton of goblins that we did, uh, you did that hundred goblin video. Um, I was cleaning off mold lines and uh, I actually stabbed myself with the actual spear on the goblin. Like pretty good. That's happened. In my finger. Yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah, the spiky, spiky things on the models, a hundred percent have, I've been, I've been stabbed with multiple times. Like, uh, especially if I'm cleaning something, like if I'm trying to get in there, like with a, a knife to clean off a mold line and I'm holding the model or something, you know, it's like, you don't really realize the pressure you're putting on. <laughs> uh, just, just as an update, Brent's cat Continue. just took off holding his headphones. That was pretty great. <laughs> Tore him off his head. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, like like you're gripping the model and you don't realize you're holding it that tight, and all of a sudden that that little spiky end goes right. It just sinks in. You know it's penetrated your skin, 
and it's just the worst feeling like it sucks and and yeah i've had that on goblins that spear tip is not exactly dull like it's actually sharp like it just is so you got to be careful yeah <laughs> those little and the spears little are short get enough you. for them to be kind of stout you know yeah really yeah they're, they're kind of strong right? solidly to those little goblins mm-hmm. so that they can really yeah. get you there's no bend yeah, so there's there, no give somewhere on my uh my facebook page or some like instagram there's a picture of me with like a like a pretty good size cut on my finger and me holding a stupid like goblin going what what the hell come on beautiful beautiful <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll have to find that one give it to matt <laughs> i was gonna give uh i because i got a bunch of footage i i purposely tried to take extra footage to give to editor matt uh who edits these podcasts um so that that he could show some of the stuff that we're talking about i'm gonna try and do that more often i i tend to forget even though i mentioned it so Hopefully that video went up, and if it didn't, then it's my fault. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, any any no horrible injuries though, really? Just mostly just stabbings, small stabbings. I'm trying to think. There was. Uh, I'm just remembering when we were with uh, Danny down in Florida, and we were teaching him how to use the airbrush. And the first time he heard the air compressor, he, he like jumped. <laughs> yeah. Uh that's not that's not an injury, but like I mean that's that's scary if you're if you're not expecting it. Have you have you ever been scared good doing this hobby? Or are you just always brave? Hmm. Try try and paint bravely. I mean, try to paint bravely. Like, I've been try to. Uh huh. Popsicle. I mean, okay, bravely. sometimes if uh if I do if like if I'm up super late and it's like three or four in the morning, right? And like nobody's around, I don't hear any noises, everyone's asleep, it's dead silent. And like my compressor just happens to be connected to my airbrush, which has like a quick release that doesn't always sit just right. Like if it's, if it's kind of off to a a side or something, it does leak air. And sometimes I'll be sitting at my desk and the thing will just start going to Mm -hmm. refill with air because I didn't realize it was still on and it was leaking just the smallest amount of air. So yeah. Right. That has definitely scared the crap out of me before. Yeah. I think that's the only thing though. I can't think of anything else that was like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sort of similar, but uh back when I was a chemist, the working with a an NMR, you know, uh, imaging machine, um it's uh it's a instrument that is cooled by liquid nitrogen uh and oh so there's like a sheath of liquid nitrogen that keeps the sheath of liquid helium cool so that the, the detector can do what it needs to do. But anyway, you, you just need to fill this up uh, frequently or, you know, once a week or so with liquid nitrogen. And slowly as the li- liquid nitrogen warms up, it the pressure builds up and so it vents the, the pressure. And so it's a very oh, similar sure. thing yeah, of yeah. like... Suddenly a blast of air, you know, sudden, suddenly an yeah. air compressor, suddenly a, oh, it's, it's, it's way more mm-hmm. than, it's, 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 uh, it's right. loud, but. Like uh, a, like a water heater venting. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, late pressure. at night, like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, uh, totally. I was with, uh, I was with some guy once d- down doing some, some late night imaging, and he was like, it was like a, a jock <laughs> who happened to be taking chemistry classes, 
and it nice. went off, and he like jumped out of his seat. Went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, no, That's it's, good. Oh, it's, oh, 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 oh. But no, no, that air compressor can be scary. I don't know what you mean. I mean, hey, you know, it, it goes off, man. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything else. Like realistic. Oh, you know, the first time I ever ran a 3D printer, like I thought something was going to break because it was like, you know, the suction noise it comes off the FEP. Yeah, that's that's more of like, like a, I, a fear I, for your investment or a, or a fear true. of needing to repair something that but seems like, complicated. It was the first 30 seconds, I, I hit pause on the machine and like spent the next hour and a half online trying to get an answer. A fear of, like, of breaking how, something and needing not? to do customer support through China. Yeah. For real. Well, because this was the first 3D printer that I that I got, like when yeah. I worked with uh, Anycubic. And it was like, oh my God, I broke this printer. Like I felt super bad and it was this whole thing. And there, of course, I ended up coming to that the conclusion that uh, somebody told me. And it's like, no, that's that's like literally fine. That's what you want to hear. Like it means your print is, is doing what it's supposed to be doing. And it's like, that's great. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. So. You know, of course, the print turned out great. <laughs> like, yeah. it was perfect. Tell tell us your fears. Your hobby my fears? fears? My personal? No, I'm talking well, to okay, our audience so... right now. Let us, oh, let us okay. know what you're well, I got a good of. one, though. I got a legit good one. Oh, yeah? Uh, so my, my editing desk is in a closet, right? Like a like a pretty decent walk-in closet. That's, that's where I was painting for years. Uh, like a year or whatever. And I did a lot of work on the, the channel. Um, so I put in a computer desk in there and it fit nicely on one side, but my chair is over the crawl space access. And like most, you know, houses, like the crawl space is kind of not a great, it's, it's okay. It's not like the worst dirty, but you know, there's like black widows and scorpions and stuff where, you know, I am, uh, brown recluses, like things that could be dangerous to you in a lot of ways. Um, so there's like so a even square now, hatch down to the crawl space. Is that what it is? Or? Yeah, like directly below me. Okay. And like I've had ants come into my office before, so I know things can get through, right? Um, so I don't know, like my desk is kind of butted up against the wall. And even to this day, it's been now two years since I've had that desk in there. Like, I won't, like, take my shoes off and put my feet up behind the desk because I, I'm, like, 99% positive there's a dangerous animal living behind there that is going to kill me. Um, so, it's, like, a weirdly not comfortable <laughs> desk to sit at just because of the situation it's in. <laughs> I'm, like, there's probably not a Black Widow behind there, but, like, I've also encountered Black Widows in the dumbest places, so you just never know. I don't want to get bit. And now I'm afraid. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But see, your desk isn't isn't up against a, a wall. Like, you're freestanding I, in the I, middle I'm of the room. I'm also in Maine. Yeah. That's good. good point. We got scorpions here, or, Yeah, we have spiders, Those but I don't think they up can on hurt your... anybody. And snakes, but they can't really hurt anybody either. Yeah, we got, like, rattlesnakes. Yeah. Yeah. You ever walked out of your house and almost stepped on a rattlesnake? Yeah, I've done that plenty of times. Never good. Scorpions, like, uh, you know, sitting on the, the my bedroom floor at my parents' house a long time ago, just playing, actually playing Pokemon with my friend who was staying the night, and, like, legit three-inch, nice, big, fat scorpion crawls from under my, like, clothes dresser, like, right into the middle of us playing. It's like, that's great. 
That's that's great. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, your bed's like two feet away. Yeah, those those fears are not good. No, so I grew up with that, and uh, it still still affects me just a little. Okay, yeah, I mean yeah. that makes sense. I I get it. I'm I'm lucky yeah. to be able to to paint bravely most of the time. I mean, sometimes if I've you know cut myself several times in a row, I get like a little bit shy. But other than that. You get a little uh, exacto shy for a minute. Exacto shy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that does happen. Exacto shy, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's okay. That's normal. Yeah. It's normal. So, um, <laughs> all right, we're, we're put this to bed. How, how have you been liking your, your pro acryl paints there? Pro acryl? Uh, my pro acryls, they're actually pretty nice. Um, and the colors are nice and strong. They blend nicely. Uh, mm-hmm. The white with a regular, with a brush. Uh, and with an airbrush are very nice. Uh, like coverage is pretty good. Like I actually, I like raw out of the pot paint and white over pretty dark colors, like felt pretty good about it. And it still looked nice when I was done. Um, you can't say that about some, uh, like most other white paints. Uh, like the think the only equivalent that I've ever really had was like Menoth white from P3 mm. was like pretty good, you know? Um, yeah, so I've been I've been pretty happy with the their base color sets, or base whatever. Yeah, um, I know you just got some. Have you even used any yet? Yeah, no, I have. Uh, I haven't used the white though. I don't think. Um, but no, my uh, I I really do enjoy them. I actually think they're they're thin enough so that I'm not sure if I should be using the wet palette or not. Like for some of them, hmm. just I mean everybody sets up their wet palette a little bit differently. And I think I have enough moisture coming through that they become a too thin, essentially. That's, and so that's possible if you're you're going for longer sessions, yeah. Yeah. And so so after, you know, half an hour or so with one glob on the wet palette, that's about the working time because then it's too thin and you need a, a new little blob of paint. So um actually hmm. I've been experimenting going back to the, the regular little plastic well palettes like not oh, okay. not a wet palette for for some of these sure um and uh, i need to experiment some more and figure it out but so far so good i like them um most mm. of them not not all of them but uh, yeah i'm having a pretty good time with them so yep. yeah that's good um it kind of brings up a, a point that i did want to talk about um and just because you mentioned palettes right you know we're, we're kind of told these days uh, you gotta get a wet palette. Gotta make a wet palette. Here's how to make one if you can't get one. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever. Um, and the idea is that uh, a dry palette is a crutch, right? Like we're using dry palettes and we could be doing so much better, or uh, making our painting better. And to be honest, like upgrading to a wet palette and getting used to using one does technically improve like your ability to mix paints and then keep them around so that you can continue to use them and be more consistent with your paint job. But I mean, I, I still use a dry palette probably half the time. You really? Okay. For most things. Really? I do. And, and even so far as like, I'll throw down paint on some like uh construction paper mm-hmm. and just use enough yeah. for whatever I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I find that to be a crutch most of the time. 
for me, like I should be using a wet palette, but I'm, I, I end up I going back to a, a dry palette. For, for short painting sessions um, where you know, you're only going to use one or two colors and you don't feel like taking the time to get the wet palette set up, hey, sometimes it's just faster and, and easier to just put a glob of paint on your construction paper and get to work. I think that's all right. Um, that is true. I mean, and, it is quicker. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like like I said, with some of these thinner paints, uh, and definitely like pretty much always with metallic paints, you don't want to be using a wet palette. There there are some paints that yeah, regular old palettes the way to go for sure. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I I usually have my wet palette sat on top of a uh, disposable uh, dry palette. Hmm. Um, I thought it was within reach of or me. I just turned like around a paper to, plate. to look. It's somewhere right behind me. No, so I actually buy uh palette it's just called palette okay and it's from michael's it's like a yellow cover it just says palette and they're each layer it's like uh tacked on both sides so that you have to rip the paper on both ends uh-huh. with like that kind of waxy seal you know so that it is essentially like a almost like a wax paper hmm. um, but it, it is just a palette and it's disposable once you're done you rip the top paper off and there's like a hundred pallets in there uh, and it's, I use that like for years. Oh, this makes me curious. Before I got a, a wet palette. Yeah. This I is, mean, they're useful to have. I'm, I'm definitely curious. Yeah. I've, I've oh, got a, a little stack of, here. of six well, well palettes, you know, plastic well palettes. And, uh, I kind of use those until they're really nasty. And then I put them in my, not simple green, uh, super clean. I put them in a little bit of super clean that I have around here and get them cleaned up and ready to go again. But, um, <clears throat> Yeah, no, I'm interested in your your palette paper. Might might have to give that palette, a try palette sometime. Palette paper. Right, paper. Here it is. Yeah. Palette paper. So this is what this is from Michaels. It's like like six bucks or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I exaggerate. It's nine by twelve. There are forty sheets in here, not like a mm. hundred. I said like a hundred, didn't mean a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, like it's just a it's just a palette, and then when you're done, you know you. Take off that top layer and you get a new palette. So it's it's nice. It's kind of like a waxy, like I said, a waxy paper. Man, I love uh, something so it doesn't new today. seep Thank through you. or anything. Yeah, yeah. This is really good stuff. Um, but again, you know, some would say possibly a, a crutch. I don't know. Maybe not. Like definitely for some things, but you know. Yeah. So you. And you seem, uh, seem like you want to talk about crutches, like things that are, that I mean, are yeah, yeah, hanging yeah. you up and keeping you from moving forward and learning stuff. Is that, is that what we want to talk about? Yeah, I, I suppose. Being okay, so like on a brave. personal painting level, um, like lately I've definitely felt like some of the things that I'm doing, and I don't know if they technically are. We can explore this a little if you want to, but like, like I'm going to my go-tos, right? I'm getting in my comfort zone. Maybe a little more often than I'd like, um, you know, and, and not, maybe not expanding artistically as much as I could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if it's just, I'm using things as crutches because I know how to use them. Um, or if I'm just not painting bravely enough and just going for it with other techniques or other, uh, products or, you know, like taking the time to actually do the wet palette. Now on that specific note, uh, Redgrass games did just send me like a nice package with like a painting handle and like their new, uh, the XL wet palette and stuff to try out. So like, I am going to be trying to use that 
a little bit more just because they they sent it to me to try um but like things like for for the longest time i would i used like the color green right but going back even to when we uh did our first technical collaboration together mm-hmm. and uh you sent me that sisters of battle exorcist tank oh yeah yeah, and I legit painted that thing like friggin' bright green. Yeah, you did the the Kenny Boucher special. I did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also was like, yeah, I was watching a lot of next level painting back then too. So go figure. Understandable. Um, definitely, that's how I learned how to airbrush, man. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't pick up an airbrush until so I watched like all of his videos. And there's some history there. We got to talk about that eventually, but um. Yeah, like, uh, you know, it felt for a long time I was using a lot of greens, and I painted the Green Knight, like a literal green, all green thing. Um, there was a bunch of other stuff just kind of back-to-back that was all the same kind of green tones. And somebody pointed out, they're like, you know, man, like, uh, there are literally every other color like you could try on this channel. It's like, you know what, that is a really good idea. And I said in a video back then, this was like two and a half years ago, I won't be using green. For, like, literally as long as I possibly can hold out. And I don't know how long that was. I, I think it was a couple of months where, like, I just tried not to touch it. Hmm. Right? And and I did notice an improvement in other colors. Like, all of a sudden, you know, okay, I got used to, like, how reds work. Like, wh- how to highlight reds, how to mix reds, how to do these different things. You know, green was a crutch for me. It was, like m- like, my go-to, the thing that I learned, right? Um, and I feel like I'm kind of getting back into that kind of area where like uh, lately I've been using like a lot of cold tones or, you know, like a fluorescent pink to, to do some pop of color or brown enamels to kind of take care of a lot of my technical work or cover up things. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's why I kind of wanted to talk about it and see if it's something that, that, is it just me today? That's just how I'm feeling? Or is this kind of something that people deal with on a, on a regular basis? Do you find yourself using things to your disadvantage, so to say? Yeah. So, so my first comment on that is uh, it's okay to use the materials and colors that you like to use. Um, For sure. And, and that also kind of gets to do you always need to be expanding your horizons and trying new things? And I mean, I think but trying to do a little little something new fairly frequently is 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 good for development and it can be fun because that will get you to learn new things and it can be fun to learn new things rewarding to learn new things but and sometimes you just get your Vallejo model color purple out you know you put that down that's on true. your wet palette that's true put down a nice coat of purple with a single pass man that's a good feeling right there <laughs> That's that's true. I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, like my my leather recipe hasn't changed for like a year and a half. Sure, and I can still get good variety out of that. So, you do find specific colors that will always do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. And like I think when you do find that, um, to hold on to those because like if you want to paint purple, and you want it to cover and you want it to do a certain thing, like that's that's usually. I do find that like a good starting place color like that is something to kind of just keep in your back pocket and know that that's going to work for you. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, like I can see, I can see how that that makes sense. It's not necessarily a crutch, but it's it's kind of your like workhorse, I guess, or your favorite. Yeah. So sure. I think part of this gets to the idea of what is a painting style. You know, I feel sure. like uh, you know you got your your super pretentious level artists who are are talking about <laughs> like the style of this person or the style of this that person. Mm-hmm. And I haven't taken you know art history or art appreciation or anything, but I think art style for most people is just what they like to use. Like the stuff they have at their desk, the the stuff they're comfortable with, the stuff that makes them happy, the stuff that uh, gives a product that they they like and they're proud of. And I mean, mean, there may come a time when uh, my my style is associated with uh, Vallejo model color purple. And I mean, I mean, I right. guess I'm not consciously thinking of that being my style, but uh, that's a good color. I, I'm going to use that whenever there's an excuse, you know. Good color, yeah. yeah. Um, True, it's a good color. But no, no, I think <laughs> that whether you want to call them like crutches or or ruts or just like what you like to use, no, I think we do have a tendency to to fall into patterns of of always reaching for for streaking grime or always reaching for that fluorescent pink or or whatever the case may be um and i mean if it's given an okay result maybe you should branch out a little bit and find some stuff that gives a great result uh you know you know for me um i can make decent looking bases for my minis but mm-hmm. I am well aware that my go-to is throw some sand or some texture paste on there, prime it black, dry brush with gray, dry brush with lighter gray, put a tuft on there. Hey, not bad. Room that with black and you've got That's a true. pretty nice looking base. And I, I, you know, in terms of crutches, I think that is maybe one of my biggest ones because that's just like, how do I base this mini? Well... Better put that texture paste on there, like you know, right? Um, right. Whereas and you that, got that's your, kind of what I'm getting at too. Yeah, you got your eons of battle, always trying new bases and coming up with awesome stuff, and yeah, yeah. Th- there, there are times. I, I guess when it's a problem or when it kind of gets at you is when you feel like it's a problem. When when you feel like, man, I'm doing right. I'm doing this again. It's gonna be okay but I wish I knew how to make a different kind of base, you know, or or I wish I, or I wish I knew how to do this differently because this thing that I know how to do is, I know it's okay, but I know it could be better or it's when it starts to give you that itch. (laughs) I think that it becomes more of an issue. Mm -hmm. But if you're, I mean, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Hey, but if you have a base that you're you're convinced, you know, you through throw your geek gaming base ready mix on there, you know, get your geek gaming uh special white glue on there, put them put them little rocks and shrubberies and, and green foam I mean, things. Like I thought you know about that many is times the best base in existence. System. <laughs> yeah. Cause at least there's some like variety in there. <laughs> like mm. like you know. I I haven't actually I haven't gotten any of that stuff yet. I haven't I haven't tried any of it. Um but I've been meaning to for like a while. And I am going to I am going to message Luke 
from Geek Gaming at some point. And I may have mentioned this before, but I, I'm planning on doing like a pretty large uh, board build, uh, like three or four six by fours kind of thing Ooh. for a, a two car garage train set. Oh, so yeah. So like something I do want to like try and document and try and get uh, something going just to be like, this is the project I'm working on. This is how it's going, whatever, whatever. But like using something like, like, uh, you know, base ready mix to doing that stuff. Like I've seen that res those results and that they're pretty good. Um, and I can see using that for like all of my mini bases, you know, cause I, I'm the same way. It's like, I just go with, uh, I put sand on the base and, uh, prime everything black and then like, mm -hmm. you know, change the color up a little bit at the end with something and uh, throw a tuft on there. That's, that's about not it. Not bad. Like, not uh, bad at all. Right. Like, uh, ironically, I guess, um, this, uh, bone reapers army that I just finished this last week. So 2000 points knocked it out this week. Uh, all of the bases started like that with texture, like sand. Uh, I ended up doing static grass, like making them look like graveyards. And I did throw a tuft in there too, to kind of, you know, mess with the color a little bit. But I, I had this like cool idea about the color of like, how do, how do you get like, contrasting to your models static grass with like okay i got this like dead grass some greens in here a little bit mm -hmm. yellows like it was it was kind of nice it was a little bit of a, a change up for me um because like i was just gonna just straight up just oh yeah they're they're standing in mud and that's why the feet are covered <laughs> in sand and garbage <laughs> you cannot see them you know um but i don't know it's just one of those things i guess uh I don't know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of something else it would be. Um, I wrote a couple things down. So something like painting to the best of your ability all the time. Like, to me, feels like a crutch or, or something that you can get stuck into. Yeah. Of like this constant need to improve and, and outdo yourself and get better. But I'm trying to paint an army and I want every single model to look awesome. Right. And it, somewhere around like 150 points of models, you're like done. You're done. Right. You don't want to do it anymore. Um, and I feel like that's that's one of those things that, that can come up and, and give you this like false sense of what it is to like paint an army or to get a lot of work done or or, or where you have to be in miniature painting. Right. It's like it's OK to just like paint quickly and get it done. It can still look good too, you know? And of course, on the other end of that, doing that all the time and not ever trying to just improve, you know, of course, this is all like kind of personal depends on you, but, uh, you know, things that, that feel like they could turn into crutches that, that yeah. really don't you're help saying us. The just word, paint you're saying the word crutch, but I'm, I'm hearing more am, like rut, yeah. like getting, getting stuck into one thing or, yeah, okay. become, becoming reliant on your crutch. We'll figure out the metaphor. We'll get yeah. there, but um, something, something. Yeah, no, you, I, you know I what think, I'm saying, though. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I absolutely do. Um, I think very common advice is is try to work on a diversity of subjects. Like try different models. Try painting at different skill levels using different techniques. Uh, painting, you know, at different scales, all that stuff. Um, I like that. That's good. And I, I mean, I think that is 
commonly given advice. And so if anyone does feel like they are in a rut, yeah, try try mm-hmm. to get excited about a a project that involves substantially more uh, popsicle sticks, you know. Try right. try painting uh, wood the, using minwax stains yeah. in, instead of painting uh, minis <laughs> using acrylic model paint. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. I like that. It's good. <laughs> Just uh, uh, yeah. start laying down some floorboards and see where it yeah. takes you. So, see where um, those floorboards take you. Yeah. So, so I've definitely been in a situation where there's a technique that is getting me farther than I've ever been before. And so I become yeah, reliant on it, use it as a crutch. Um, when I was yeah. getting back into the hobby after my, you know, the, the break in my twenties, I, uh, for some reason I got really into, I mean, almost contrast paints before contrast paints, but I was painting with washes. So, oh, sure. um, it's actually, secret weapon washes and sadly we heard the news recently that secret weapon is, yeah. is going out of business or they are, hiatus yeah. at least something like that uh, uh, as far as i know it's they are fully like done and the sale i don't know if it's still going on there there was a massive sale on their website though hmm. they were just getting rid of everything so i yes. as far as i know he's he's done that's sad which is a huge huge loss for the the hobby community yeah honestly uh, you know, if you can find tire black and and the other colors in that that line, you need to just pick up secret weapon, whatever you can. Um, the paints are good. Uh, the bases, like, man, like talking about sneaking some under the radar, getting some secret weapon resin bases into White Dwarf, for real, not and them not knowing. <laughs> you know, I don't think I heard that uh, story, but and, and, I believe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there been there been a few. There have been a few that have made it in there, and they didn't know. And, of course, it's supposed to be 100% GW and White Dwarf. It makes perfect sense. You know, it's sure. their magazine. Uh, but Secret Weapon Base is definitely sneaking their way through. So, you know, it's a good day when yeah. you see that. Yeah. So it's sad. That's sad. It is. It is. So when I was getting back into the hobby, um, at the time, my local game store had a rack of Secret Weapon washes. And so I got really into painting with colored washes. They have a a line, had a line of 30 or so different colors of washes. And so I would pretty frequently drive over there and buy another three, four, five colors. Uh, I think this is what people have done with contrast paints more recently. But um, yeah, yeah, so I was painting those old third edition Dark Eldar Warriors. I'd get them built up. I'd prime them white. I'd paint their, uh, their under spandex black. And then for all the the white parts, I just slop on actually a mixture of secret weapon wash and pledge floor cleaner, which makes this really oh cool, God. glossy, <laughs> alien colored armor color. Oh, dude. Hey, oh, don't knock it. never this, come off. Yeah. At, at the time, I was so incredibly excited and happy with the look that this yeah. was giving me. Uh, so I was doing like three fairly thin coats of pledge floor cleaner colored with maybe a 50-50 mix of, of these colored uh, washes. And it, I mean, you know, now I look back and I'm like, okay, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it um, was a different but, time back then. But man. at the time, it, really was. it was the best thing, the best mm-hmm. I had ever painted. It looked good. I mean, it, it's probably yeah. the feeling that some people get when they use contrast paints or whatever, but it, yeah. um, 
I was excited about it. It was the technique that I knew that could do something fun. And it, I, I didn't really understand this at the time, but of course, every wash, like the pigment is different, and so it's going to settle different. And so, you know, some of the colors looked really good with this technique. Some of them looked pretty bad. Yeah, um, yeah. But like most of my experimenting was just, you know, trying to get the red to look better or something like that. Um, right, yeah. But yeah, for for a while, painting with washes, with pledge floor cleaner and secret weapon was, it was what I could do. It was far better than the painting I had done you know, 10 years previous yeah, yeah. i mean I, I remember people talking about that that uh pledge mm -hmm. because it would do it do the whole thing of of the uh the surface tension right it breaks surface tension and gets your wash like into those recesses because you got this like super gloss floor polish that's giving you that look, right? Oh, it's, yeah. It makes perfect sense. Like, like in your head, you're thinking about it. It's like that, that works. All right. We're going to mix these together. Or like you go back even further and the, the go-to method before like washes were really a thing. Uh, GW used to sell inks, right? So you could buy your inks, your chestnut inks and your whatevers. Um, and you would like, you'd mix it down into a wash from there because it's super concentrated and you get a nice wash out of that or you'd put like dish soap in there to do the same thing you lower that surface tension you mix it down with some dish soap and some water and then you put it in there mm -hmm. now now you're working with that right you're getting in there and it's doing its job and it's black lining and it's you know whatever oh yeah uh <laughs> you know talking about like making wood look pretty good that way getting that grain to stand out just really well yeah um I, I haven't heard about anybody doing that in a long time, but that, that pledge kind of felt like the comeback, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same kind of deal. And now, now we're kind of onto the, uh, let's, let's gloss varnish that and use an oil wash. Like the, uh, like the historical guys have been doing for 30 years, you know? True. <laughs> we kind of caught True. up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so the, the overall meta of the mini painting community evolves with time, but as individual oh, yeah. painters, of course, we go through similar things. And yeah, we, we go through this, you know, discovering a new technique. It's the coolest thing you've ever done. You do it on everything. And then eventually, yeah. I find that I start to get the feeling doing this again. Is this all I know how to do? Yes. Am I, am I just yes. going to be stuck mixing pledge with colored inks forever? Like, you know. Oh, uh, is this, is uh, no, this no, what we've come to? Are come yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. And, and eventually you buy an airbrush and eventually you learn about Liquitex inks and then you go to Michael's yep. with all the coupons and you get your 50% off <laughs> on your, your Liquitex artist acrylic inks. You buy up the whole collection, yep. you check out all the different colors, you get, you get all your, your filters and your your smooth yeah. base coats and your smooth highlights and then and then man it just seems like every project of starting off with shooting inks through an airbrush and there's got to be more than more to life yep. yeah and that's that's a little bit where i'm at too it's like using the the massive amounts of like filters over a zenithal or whatever it is yeah um i mean like I, 
which is I've a nice effect, and, and you were proud when you it's, figured it out. Nice. And if you want, yeah. you could continue making really nice looking models using exactly those techniques. Oh, for sure. I mean, and, and there's, I, I, maybe I should just put this up anyways and say, it. it's like, I'm not trying to say that any of these, these crutches or ruts or anything are necessarily a bad thing. It's just like, I've been feeling like there's more that I could do personally lately. Yeah. And some of these things I feel like are getting in my way or, or I'm getting in my own way or whatever the case is like using filters, like going for the inks or, or I just, you know, I just painted this 2000 point army using friggin' contrast paint and uh streaking grime. Right. And like, it looks absolutely legit. It's nice. I love it. Love the way it turned out. But like, there's gotta be more to life, man. Like I also just point, painted like, a couple thousand points of death guard doing the exact same thing. Sure. And now I'm kind of like, yeah, what's next? Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I'm feeling like, okay, maybe I should, uh, I should throw the inks in a drawer for a couple months. That kind of thing. I got these pro krills. Like maybe let's just do that for a bit. I mean, if you're um, getting frustrated and you want to challenge yourself and push your boundaries, I guess that's an option. Um, yeah. but yeah, it, I mean, on the other hand, at a certain point, I think some artists just uh, just find something that works and stick there. I mean, Bob Ross, he had his like 10 colors or whatever that was on every one of his palettes. You know, he's got his, he's got oh, a sap true. green on there. He's got his thalo blue. He's got his, I don't know, I forget. But... Have, you, have you watched the new hard-hitting documentary? I have not. Bob Is Ross? it... <laughs> Is that on Netflix or what? what? <laughs> it, it is on Netflix. It's okay. like happy little kingdom of something. I don't even remember. It's like, it looks not good. Like apparently it paints out the, and I mean, I'd heard things in the past like that. It wasn't like it was just happy go lucky all the time. That was his personality. But you're talking like a dude with a fro who was big in the seventies. Like there's going to be some things, some, some skeletons, if you know what I mean, there's going to be some things. And I, I don't know. I don't know if it's fair to like make a documentary and like ruin that, that nostalgic look that we kind of have for Bob Ross, but yeah, it was a different time, whatever. I don't know. I mean, I haven't, uh, I haven't watched I haven't it. it. I, I, don't I, ruin I saw it. a couple of like, you know, pull quotes that made it seem like the, the managers were mean to him or, or were, you know, profiting way more than he was off of some of his stuff. I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Maybe. Um, I, yeah. Once uh, I think I've mentioned that I go on a rotation of unsubscribing from, from the different streaming services and it's been yeah, a good yeah. six, eight Dude, months Netflix on Netflix is not your month right me, now. So it'll, it'll be coming back around not too long. I did cancel Hulu recently, so we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's probably a good call. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think we're wrapping up on uh TV season right now. We're getting into the fall. So they're going to, they're going to be taking breaks till like February. Oh. Isn't that right? TV comes back. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good TV time to take a break. is uh, different these days, Casey. I don't know if they really do their. Yeah, I literally have no idea anymore. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too worried about the uh, CBS uh, sitcom lineup. No, they yeah. right now. Um, man, you know, you can just like I just bought Picard for like eight bucks because it was on sale. Like you know, I don't, oh, did I don't you know. really? Like they're just well, yeah, it was digital. But it's like yeah, I was just like oh, why am I even bothering with this this all access business like whatever it's just like buy the season for for half off when they put it on sale yeah. <laughs> you know so like discovery was the same thing they were like i think they were still like 20 bucks a season 
but I don't know. That's that's not bad. Yeah, that's uh, forgetting to cancel for one month of of your uh, Discovery yeah. membership. We're, we're getting Pretty off much, topic. Yeah. Getting off topic. I I know. I'm you sorry. Know, I, I'm I, sorry. I, I am. In fact, I think that was your fault, but that's fine. Man, I'm, I'm tempted to watch all like 30 seasons of Bob Ross with the question of did his style evolve or was he in a rut the entire time? Was he was he crunching I'm gonna, along? I'm going to say uh, no. Hmm. Well, like, because uh, I mean, he had his own he had his own paintings that weren't on the show. Sure. And I mean, even then, like a lot of those, I don't think they kept around. Like he painted a couple versions of those things. It was like one to test and then one for the show. Right. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, so it's not like he was just making that stuff up. I mean, like, oh, I'm going to put a happy little tree here. It's like, no, I tested that little tree and I made sure it was happy. Yeah, I'd, you know, I'd so, heard about yeah, that. But, little... um, but like, I, I would be curious to look at his brushes, his palette, and then um, also like which colors he was actually using from his palette over the seasons. Yeah. Because uh, I, cause I would be curious to be Ross like, pack. man, season six, it was all winter landscapes. Every single one of them, winter <laughs> right? landscapes with, a, with is, a hut and, and a pond in every single one. I'm curious now. Because, I mean, I, I obviously I was very like young when, when this was on TV. Um, and I haven't paid as much attention as I as I could have here in the revival. But... My memory is that it's the palette with the same 10 colors on it every time. He has the same yeah. three or four paintbrushes available to him every time. The size of his canvas is the same every time. It's pre-treated in the same way. Um, Generally. I think, I think like so sometimes were, he's pre-treated it with like black instead of white. But Yeah. Occasionally he'd do black or he'd, he'd have a, a, a mask, an oval mask over it or... Um, hmm. It would it would be like oh we did black but it was like a giant V in the middle and that was like a whole thing or like you're black on top and bottom or uh, he would do limited palette occasionally and those were pretty exciting and be like oh look it's just all these warm colors all the warm tones okay. out of his normal palette you take all the cold tones out uh, and paint something like that so it, it depended on the on the day um, but out of all because I rewatched all the series that they put out again um, and it. There wasn't anything like one season was like just happened to be landscapes of this particular kind. It seemed pretty varied. Makes sense. So I don't know if I don't know if he ever did anything really specific. I think it was just all just kind of that stuff that he did. Yeah. It's all the same stuff. Man, you you know some nerd has found a way to quantify this, like quantify number of huts, number of ponds, number of trees, number of right. uh, <laughs> various seasons. You know somebody has found a way to quantify yeah. this, has put it on to like a dot chart over the 32 seasons <laughs> and has calculated whether or not his, his style, his interest. Bob Ross changed. was a happy little tree man. That's, yeah. that's what he was. <laughs> that's all he was. <laughs> That's why we got to watch that that documentary. Got to watch go that. Go easy, man. Go no. easy. Oh, yeah, just say, just say, throw it out there. I'm uh, not taking the bait this time, but I'm sure I'll accidentally not say this it later. Time. Did yes, did Bob will. Ross ever use teal, or did he always mix his his sap green with his thalo blue? I don't know. I don't know. 
but uh, certainly makes a good teal, I'm sure. I think good turquoise, oh, if you will. And we've forgotten to do that for like three or four episodes now. Ah, uh, not true. I had somebody point that out, but I said it on an episode of my show, and I told him it counted. So it works. <laughs> That's right. That totally happened. I totally forgot. To and here I was about to apologize to everybody. Yeah. No, no, not this time. See, uh, we're we're splitting that up. It's a, it's like a secret thing. Yeah, that's what it is. Not this. Time. Uh, I need to make a. I need to make a new paint bravely T-shirt that just says teal is the color or is the best color, whatever it That'd is. Be a good one. Somebody have a good idea for a teal T-shirt. I will make that tomorrow and put it up on the store for uh, you know discount. Just throwing it out there. All right, out there. All right, so um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I've I've certainly been in in little little ruts myself, little little crutching along, but mm-hmm. sometimes you you just break out of it and you're you use popsicle sticks. Yeah, I mean that's I'd say that's a good way to go. Uh, the the wonderful uses of popsicle sticks, and I think that'll be the title yeah. of this episode. I mean, I think. Well, that's that is certainly one option. Uh, I know you had your heart set on having a serious discussion about mini painting crushes, and we did a little bit of it, but... Maybe, maybe I did. Maybe I did. Yeah. The, but uh, you can make crutches out of popsicle sticks. There's a craft. You don't just have to make hardwood floors. You can make entire uh, houses and villages and cities oh, out yeah. of popsicle sticks. I mean, I've legit... I've made yeah. a house out of popsicle you sticks before. You run a serious risk of diabetes, but that... Is a risk if you were yeah. to eat all of those popsicles like that. I mean, yeah, yeah take in that a risk. short amount of like, time uh, without because you can outsmart that system and go get them sugar free popsicles. Oh, That's right, fancy yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, the diabetes popsicles. Ah, rest in peace, Wilford. Man, what <laughs> that's true. Wasn't that guy famous before that? Oh, he was, yeah, he was quite famous. Uh, yeah, because, like, I didn't know that. Somebody said that the other day. I was just like, oh, Wilford Brimley did all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, I thought that dude was just, like, the original meme that just, it just, that was him. And everybody knew his name from that. I didn't know he had a thing going before that. Oh, I'm losing my mind. I, I watched a movie with him. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look, no. back, to, back to hobby painting <laughs> crutches. If you feel like you're in a rut, if you feel like you're using a technique or, or a color or a product... Um, and you're using it so often that it's bothering you? Well, my friends, sure. the time has come to paint bravely. Try something new. That's a good put, point. Put it, put it in your desk drawer for a little while. Find an alternative. Find a, find a new style and a new passion. Breakthrough. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, I don't think we're going to get any better than that. So on that note, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Do you just drink water this whole time? That's boring.
I forgot to go to the gas station. Damn it, Brent. <laughs> at least you put <laughs> at least you put it in a bottle. <laughs> I like guess Snapple bottle or whatever. Yeah. <laughs>